Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest-growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. And come on in. It's nice and cool in here. <laughs> My name is Foster Brown. Andrew Dell is with me in studios today, and we have got a great show lined up for you. We're going to be looking at the Cyber Militia. That's right, the Michigan Citizens Cyber Militia Corps. And we'll be talking about the future of computing with Dan Lorman, somebody who helped to run technology in our state for a long time and is now a security mentor. All that coming up. So good to have you along with us here on a steamy Saturday afternoon. Hope you can find a patch of shade and a little bit of cool, and uh, let's just stick around with us for the next couple of hours. We've got a great show lined up for you coming up in just a little bit. Mr. Dan Lorman is with us. He is uh, led Michigan's cybersecurity and technology infrastructure teams for a long time, for 12 years, as a matter of fact, from 2002 to 2014. Got a great Great sense of humor. He's a great guy to talk about talk with about technology in general. And we're going to be talking about one of the things that uh, came up during his tenure, and that was the Michigan Cyber Civilian Corps. Find out a little bit more about that. But I'm also, Ed Rudell's here. And I'm, I'm fascinated to, to dig in with him to something that he's written some posts about, and that is uh, what our next computers are going to be. Um, you know, are they going to be our smartphones? Are they going to be our, an extensions of our tablets? Are they going to be our smartphones? And I've always figured it's going to be an extension of our, either our tablets of our, or our smartphones. You know, because, you know, we were talking about this in the drive-in. And you, how much were you saying oh. you paid for your... I, you know, here, I didn't realize it, and I think that was the way it was, it was supposed to be. It was an aha moment, yeah. It was supposed to be this way, that we weren't supposed to realize how much we were actually shelling out for these darn phones. But I think for the iPhone 6 Plus that I got, this great deal on, I'm, I'm shelling out somewhere near $690. That's I, more. That's more than any PC you would buy. Absolutely. Any laptop you would buy, unless you bought a Mac. And then oh, if you bought I, a Mac, course, you'd be yeah. paying $5,000, $1,200. I paid, well, uh, this is probably six years ago. I think I paid like $1,300. Mm-hmm. But I, I knew I was investing in something that I would have for a good long time, with, and the hardware was worth it. That was the Mac. That was yeah. a MacBook Pro. On your phones, you get, what, two to four years, if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. So almost seven hundred dollars I'm putting up, and that's why it yeah, just it shocked me when I realized that compared to how much I put out for a laptop, even for Ginny's laptop, which we got was um, a little over four hundred dollars, four hundred five hundred dollars, something like that. Right, and you know, and I think that's why Apple released their their uh, Mac or Apple Mini. 
iPad or what, what's it called? Oh, the mini, yeah, the yeah. little mini computer. Yeah. yeah. That, and, and because it, it's, it seems to be the next logical step. I mean, when That's you send true. students to school, I mean, if they're just taking notes and stuff like that and accessing websites and their curriculum, they could probably get by on that. The, the difficult part comes from um, how do you display that? You know, on your TVs. Well, you got AirPlay that you can do that with. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I just wish there was a wireless technology that I could walk into a conference room or, or any TV and then basically I just, it's mine. I don't have to do any pre-setup. I don't have to do anything. Yep. I don't have to be on the corporate network. I just, but, you know, like Bluetooth. Bluetooth, you have that ability, but it's very limited. Bluetooth's been around since 1998. I remember the engineers 98? talking about wow. talking about Bluetooth. Oh, and Bluetooth. We were talking about Cisco. Oh, no, no. Cisco's good you know, with our network infrastructure, but just wait until you get Bluetooth. You can be able to do anything with it. Well, its bandwidth is so limited, yeah. and its distance is so limited, and it doesn't have... You're not going to be able to broadcast video on that. So your contention is we need a new networking or new wireless technology? Well, you know, we have the ability to to uh, multicast out of our devices. Yes. And right. with Windows 10, you have that ability, but you have to buy third party. And you could you could multicast, if you will, with, between your Xbox One and your PC and mm-hmm. other devices. But, you know, you have to set that up beforehand. Dang it, I want to be able to walk it to any place. Times Square and flash up my, my thing up on the screen so everyone can see a picture of my kids. You know what I'm saying? Not quite Uh-oh. that bad. Watch out. <laughs> any conference room, any curriculum. But the nice thing about phones is, you know, a laptop, what do you get? Four to five hours on it, right? Yes. Most right, phones, probably. you get 24 yeah. hours. My wife still gets three days. I don't know how she does it. Oh, wow. Because so. I still don't get 24 hours on my hour. Barely. Get a full, barely, no. barely get a full day on mine. Uh, but I, what you're saying is kind of interesting, is that we want to be able to uh, just kind of walk into some place that has our display. It could be we walk into our house, and it could be our TV right. on the wall. It could be uh, in our little home office. It could be the monitor I, there. It could Whatever be in a hotel room where I'm at. I could just walk go. into a hotel, and I flash up my work on there because I have two more hours of work I have to get done before that meeting. I'm in the hotel. I want to whip it up. I don't want to spend up time setting it up. I want to just flash. And then you would get a, a wireless keyboard out that you can use for doing any kind of word processing or whatever sure. else you might need, and uh, maybe even a little touchpad to be able to do, um, <clears throat> pardon me, um, you know, images yeah. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the way I always figured is that basically <clears throat> your your phone would basically be your CPU and your storage, and then, of course, you had cloud storage as well. Hmm. And then your displays, you would get everywhere anything else, well, everywhere talking, else. I, I think it's interesting because I think that a lot of the people who listen to this program probably are still very much in the PC realm. and. They're still kind of learning the phones. But I think what's going to be happening, folks, is that um, uh, get into those phones quickly. Get get to know them because they're going to become the vehicles, I think, for bringing us our Internet, our whatever else we're working on. Um, you know, both in our home and when we're on the road. So that when you walk into the home, you can easily drop it into a dock. That exists already in yeah. a lot of cases. Yep. Yeah. And you know, and we were talking about the uh, the expense on, of the phones. Oh, like Lord, your yeah. your iPhone six. What you're paying for is the miniaturization. And that's true. You know, and, yeah. and the and that excellent battery. Well, why can't that battery life be transposed to the uh, a laptop? Well, if you got like the the netbooks that they have or the um, what's the current term they use for those netbooks? Like the Google. Yeah, there's no longer know, netbooks. It's um, oh boy. You know, you can get 24 hours on those easy. Yeah, because they have yeah. the uh, the uh, the streamlined processors, the Atom processors, the multi-core. Well, it's going to be. It's interesting. I just saw a statistic. I think it is that Intel announced that they're going to be laying off like 12,000 people. Really? Uh, this coming year. In other words, they they're seeing a huge shift going on. Practically speaking. 
in terms of the devices that they're building the chips for. And there's going to be, you know, more miniaturization. It looks like, it sounds like the PCs are not going to be the main bread and butter that they had been for them. Anyway, Dan Lorman is going to be gone, and, we're, and he's written some things about this and gathered some other information, so we're going to be talking with him about that coming up in a little bit. But I'm also fascinated to find out what's happened with Michigan Cyber the Militia that is supposed to be out there helping us when the, the big attacks come. Anyway, Dan Lorman will be with us in just a moment. You're listening to the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown and Ed Rudell, a holiday version. Gary Baker is off sailing the bounding main. Kel Carson is out... Um, much cooler because he's uh, judging an ice skating contest. Yep, I'd lucky rather man. be with him. Yeah, a lucky man today. Back in just a moment with Dan Lorman. Welcome back to the Internet Advisor, Foster Ron and Ed Rudelk here, and I am delighted to welcome to our program somebody that I've uh, looked forward to talking to again, and that is a man named Mr. Dan Lorman. Dan is the Chief Strategist and Chief Security Officer at Security Mentor Incorporated, but I think a lot of us remember him as the leader of Michigan's government cybersecurity and technology infrastructure for a lot of years, from 2002 to 2014. Dan, thank you so much for joining us here on the Internet Advisor. No, thank you so much. It's great to be on the show today. <laughs> Glad to have you here, too, as well. Uh, we've enjoyed listening to Dan, by the way, on uh, M Squared TechCast, which is with uh, Matt Rausch and uh, Mike Brennan, who is the editor of... Of MI Tech News. Uh, every uh, Monday, they're on the air there. And once a month, you and uh, Richard Steenen are on talking about security. So I've enjoyed uh, listening to your conversations there. And I figured, enough of this. I want to have you on the show. Great. Well, thanks for having me. I'm delighted to have you back here with us. Um, and we're talking uh, today about a couple of things uh, that I wanted to check back in on with you on. And one of them was uh, the Michigan Cyber Civilian Corps, or MC3, I think is the acronym there. It was something that ro- that came up in, uh, was it 2013, Dan, that uh, it kind of formally made its appearance? Yeah, that's right. And it's uh, been launched and been in, in, in place about three years now. So, yeah, it's a great program. I like to think of it as the um, almost like the volunteer fire department for security professionals. So, um, but really helping the state out, uh, certainly preparing for um, what emergencies that might come up in a variety of forms we can talk about. But yeah. It's a great program. So I, it was a great program. It was a great idea. How did it actually work out? Now, we've had a few years now for it to be sure. in existence. How has it worked out? Have, have people stepped up? Have you found the kind of uh, uh, militia men and women that you want to have ready to jump into the fray? Absolutely. It's, been, it's actually worked out very, very well, and it, it's uh, become uh, pretty popular, actually. And uh, just want to, I'll probably say this a couple times, but if people want to learn about it, um, uh, just mention where they can go and, and learn the details at, at mycybercore.org. There you go. That's www.micybercore.org. Um, so <laughs> spell it out. But yeah, it's, um, it's a great, um, um, you know, basically a, a program where um, experts can take, you know, actually this is an assessment to make sure that you have the skills necessary to okay. be a part of the team. But um, really, the idea is to bring together people. Um, if you know, um, should there be a major cyber emergency, um, mm-hmm. basically bring those people together, and they can. You, right now, anyone who's interested can go and take an assessment to see if they pass the test. Oh. there actually are um, several dozen people that are in the in the group now. They they meet regularly. They uh, have regular um, training together. Um, do exercises together. Uh, we call them red team, blue team, attack, defend exercises. 
where what that really means is, you know, what, what would it mean to um, attack a system and then defend a system, and they actually train together. And uh, it's, it's, it's a program that's, that's uh, really going strong right now. You know, Dan, does the, uh, this is Ed. It almost sounds like yeah. what it is is you, you've gathered together a bunch of professionals, and it's like a, like a two-way street. They're helping the state of Michigan by, by sharing all that knowledge. And then, but then uh, the state of Michigan is also had, knows that they have a bunch of individuals that they can tap if an emergency happened as well. I mean, that's, that's exactly right. That's okay. exactly it. And and so the concept of, like I said, volunteer fire department for cyber. I mean, it, it, obviously that analogy kind of falls apart in some ways, but it is. There's really benefit and the networking opportunities for the uh, um, security professionals mm. to get together, um, to work with others, to learn from them, um, from different organizations, uh, some from academia, some from government, some from the private sector, different companies around the state, and different teams are being formed in different sectors of, of the state. So um, obviously some people would be like in southeast Michigan, some more in the Ann Arbor area, some in Grand Rapids, and some kind of in the uh, northern lower peninsula. Um, and that's what the project is now, kind of the latest, is really having regional uh, groups that, that can meet together because obviously some people maybe in you know, the D- Detroit area or something sure. may not be able to go to Grand Rapids and that kind of thing. Dan, what, what would constitute a kind of an emergency that you know, would set the sirens off and you know, have people running for their, uh, their boots and their uh, fire trucks? Sure, that's exactly it. I mean, it, um, there's a number of different scenarios that have been discussed, um, and I think, I think you know, the, the ones that everyone kind of thinks on the extreme end, you know, kind of, if you want to picture this as kind of a cyber 9-11 or a cyber, you know, Pearl Harbor kind of really mm-hmm. uh, bad hack that might happen, um, I think, you know, obviously I, could, that could happen someday. Um, I'm hoping it doesn't. Um, but but that kind of a thing could happen. You know, we obviously had the blackout back in 2003, which wasn't mm. a cyber-related incident, but, you know, we right. all remember that from another hot day in the summer oh, uh, Lord, when, yes. when the lights went out. But, you know, should there be some kind of um, uh, malware that, or, you know, ransomware that, that spreads kind of virally mm-hmm. across multiple companies, um, uh-huh. you know, should there be, um, I'm, again, maybe not the extreme incident, but, you know, ransomware is kind of all, all out there right now. And for listeners, on, you know, wondering what that is, but, you know, basically um, malware that takes over your computer and, and kind of, you know, encrypts all the data and then um, you, they won't give it back to you unless you pay a ransom. Yes. Um, we've seen that around the country. It's one of the hottest risks right now. Uh-huh. Uh, related to, you know, hospitals and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if that kind of a thing, it has happened already in Michigan, but if it got a little bit more viral, um, I know there's discussions around that even now that, you know, what can we do to work together on these kinds of issues? But um, to the extent that something became maybe a little bit above where we're at today on ransomware or, or other types of attacks, mm-hmm. uh, denial of service attacks, I know there have been phone calls around, you know, uh, the DOS denial of service against different you know banks or that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Basically, the idea of, of pulling people together so they can talk about what they're seeing, um, and then maybe work on a response, a coordinated response to work together. You know that that coordinated response 
response to work together. That has been one of the key problems in every crisis situation I can remember we're talking about, whether it was you know, the hurricane that went through or New Orleans. You know, the, the, the travesty that happened there was the lack of communication. They, didn't, they weren't able to talk to one another. So what, what have you done? Well, and the other thing that is, is like, who do you call? I'm a corporation or, or uh, Good point. you know, and, and who do I call? You know, do I call 911 and say someone's hacking into my computer? I mean, it sounds like this might be a body of people that you can actually contact. That's a good point. Well, and I think the other thing about it is, and again, going back to that kind of fire analogy there, that, you know, the volunteer fire department, is one thing that's been a lesson learned in other industries, and I think we've already seen it in cyber as well. It's already happening today, is you don't want to meet those people and, and, and talk to people for the first time when the incident happens. No, no. Yeah. So you want, to, you want to train in advance. You want to work together in advance, just like a volunteer fire department would say, we're going to train, we're going to know what to do if this happens. We need to be able to do the same things in the technology realm, is work together in advance, um, train in advance, know the people, know their names, know the phone numbers to call, know their you know, contact information, and, and, you know, the more you can do in advance to communicate and to work together, the better equipped you'll be, you know, if and when that mm-hmm. situation comes mm-hmm. up. Dan uh, Lorman is our guest here, and uh, by the way, Dan, you had mentioned before you had spelled out the, the, the website, people don't have to worry about taking that down, by the way, if you go to <laughs> internetadvisor.net, on our homepage, uh, you'll see uh, in bold, Michigan Cyber Civilian Corps, or MIC3, and if you click on that, that'll take you immediately to the webpage oh, for the Michigan Cyber uh, Civilian Corps, and you can find out more information there about uh, you know, becoming a member of that, and uh, t- typically, what, what kind of uh, qualification Applications that people need. I mean, for instance, could Ed be one of them? I'm sure I could pass the test. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, there's an assessment online. I think there are, there are a couple of different um, of levels. We are looking for people who are, um, you have some, some hands-on knowledge. Um, gotcha. You know, and, and have actually done this a little bit before, so. Okay, that's a, that's a key thing. If somebody has got the practical experience of dealing with uh, uh, hackers and uh, and security issues as well. Dan Lorman is our guest. Dan's also a great columnist. He's written some excellent blogs, and one of them was about um, smartphones becoming our new computers. And I want to get back to that when we return with the Internet Advisor and Dan Lorman in just a moment. It's our pleasure today to talk with Dan Lorman, who for many years has served a a very important role in the state of Michigan. I think part of one of the things that helped us to getting the kind of stature that we did in the state of Michigan is with, and certainly our technology and our websites and all sorts of awards that have come to the state. Um, He was uh, declared uh, during that period of time that he was the head of our Michigan cybersecurity and technology infrastructure, uh, named uh, CSO of the year, public official of the year, and we won a Computer World Premier 100 Leader Award. So, Dan, we're delighted to have you with us. You are, I mean, you must have a uh, a keyboard surgically implanted in your, somewhere on your being because <laughs> you are just putting up articles all over the place. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I enjoy, enjoy it. Thanks for the kind words. I appreciate it, Foster. Oh, yeah. Well, one of the ones that fascinated me was I, as I was looking on it was an article that you had that essentially said or asked the question, and it was in a government technology website, uh, will a smartphone replace your PC? And that is a question that has always fascinated me. As a matter of fact, Ed and I were talking about that before um, we invited you on the air here. What led you to that question? 
Yeah, well, it, it's certainly um, an interesting trend that, you know, I, I try and look at, you know, trends that are happening every year, you know, in a wide variety of ways. You know, the growth of social media, the growth of, you know, Facebook mm-hmm. and Twitter and all of that. And, you know, the PC market has dropped uh, between 10 and 12 percent um, uh, in the first quarter of this year. But you know, it, it's, it's consistently dropped the last several years, and more and more people just use their smartphone exclusively. Mm-hmm. Um, to access the internet with you know using apps and um, obviously now with the you know Pokemon Go, <laughs> but, uh, you know they, people like to uh, to use their you know their smartphone whether it's an Android or you know an iPhone, Apple, um, um, iOS device, whatever it may be, um, or you know, obviously an iPad sometimes of tablet devices sure. more and more and and uh, so it's certainly a, a huge trend. So what do you think that will mean in terms of, uh, you know, our listeners who are here, you know, what do we save our pennies for (laughs) in the near future? Yeah, no, I think so. I I think, you know, more and more people, I I, I see, you know, enterprises, businesses um, buying less, way less laptops. If they're buying any, you know, they're buying laptops still. I think, you know, as I mentioned in there, I don't think they're going to be totally gone, but I think they're, they're dying a slow death over the next five to eight years. Certainly, when you're writing articles or doing your know, term papers for school, or or you're writing blogs, as you, as you mentioned, the articles, I think having a larger screen is important. Sure. Um, interestingly enough, I had this question on in LinkedIn, and I had literally hundreds of people responding, and some uh, many were saying this has already happened, it's already over, the PC is dead, the laptop is dead. Others saying absolutely not, it'll never happen. So yeah. it was interesting. You had this kind of fifty-fifty debate going on. It was really kind of heated about the you know, almost religious debate about you know, this topic, <laughs> and, and it, there was lots of people who had different views on it, and, um, yeah. but I, I, I really think that you know, the trend clearly is that the PC and the laptop are being phased out, more and more apps are coming online, um, the numbers kind of, of, of show that in, in a wide variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to start seeing more and more devices also, like, you know, talk about, you know, PCs in our clothes, you know, the Internet of Things, you know, we're talking about, you know, in our, um, technology being built in all around us, yeah. into, our, into our homes, kitchens. Um, yesterday I was at the, um, you know, the event, the, the Billington Cybersecurity Summit in downtown Detroit there, talking about, you know, in cars and, and oh, yes. you know, autonomous vehicles. So, I mean, more and more it's going to be in technology all around us. One of the things I've seen, and Ed, I don't know if you remember this device, uh, and maybe you do, Dan. I thought it was put out by HP. It was um, uh, a smartphone that plugged into a tablet and that gave you a bigger screen. I think uh, AT&T had it for a while, didn't they? Well, I mean, they, they do. Some products did have docking stations for yeah. notebooks, and they just plug into the the phone. You know, I'm not sure. I mean, into this like an LCD, right into the back of the uh, LCD, right? Basically, into yeah. the display, what looked right. like a laptop. Right. I don't think it really took off. I think it was more of proof of concept. You know, of, of where things might be going. But that strikes me, Dan, is the kind of thing that uh, maybe it's in between times would work, where you have. Uh, uh, I like having a bigger screen. My older eyes prefer having a bigger screen. Right, not yeah, everyone sure. can get radio keratotomy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's that's the big problem with these things. You get a six-inch display; it's just really hard to read eighty characters across it. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah, I think I think you know I I think. A- 
mentioned you guys talking about you know being, being able to walk into a room and maybe have your big screen TV pick up the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the data from your iPhone. I, I think that kind of technology is coming, yeah. and um, I, I don't know of any one single product that's there now, but you know the kind of ubiquitous data all around us, um, your smartphone is also becoming kind of the um, I call it the universal remote to life almost. <laughs> I mean, you know, the idea that your smartphone can start your car, open the car doors, do the security in your house. More and more Internet of Things devices that we have in our homes are controlled by smartphone apps. Mm. So um, the one thing I say to people is really make sure, you know, that one device you do have is protected and ah. that you, you, you have, um, you know, good password um, protection on that. Yep. And, and a lot of people still do not even, you know, uh, password protect their smartphones. So, you know, making sure that, you know, you have the basics in place that are already available around security related to being able to wipe the device if it gets lost or stolen and having, um, you know, preferably biometrics. You get a fingerprint to open right. your, 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 your uh, smartphone. I love the biometrics, to be honest with you, with the, the fingerprint. For instance, with the iPhone, yeah. the, you know, I use that to open, not just open, only to open the iPhone, but it also opens uh, LastPass, which is my, my vault for yeah. all of my passwords. And, and, and you do your store purchases? And my bank. Your bank, yeah. And, yeah, and sto- yeah exactly. And the and visa, visa purchases requires my, uh, my, my fingerprint as well. So you see that, that biometric as being, right now at least, the key to, to helping to secure, you need to have that kind of thing rather Absolutely. than... Absolutely. And I, I think, and just even, even it's, the numbers are pretty scary. That, uh, the majority of people still um, do not use two-factor authentication, the basic, you know, the biometric, um, and or, you know, a lot of people don't even password protect. They just don't even have anything you know, protecting their, their smartphone. They do have all their computers. So just highly encourage people to do that. And, and even also take advantage of for something like your Google, uh, Gmail, for Twitter, for your, your uh, Facebook account, using two-factor, um, mm-hmm. you know, password, uh, password is another step, but just, you know, whether they'll text you, like, your, your PIN, um, it sounds complicated, but if you just do it the first time, then um, your device can remember that, and you don't have to do it after that, but it, it really does protect your device. Um, it still has to 10% of the people in the population actually use that, but it can add so much more security to your whole experience. Online. That's an excellent point. And that's something I, I, we've mentioned, but we should probably mention it more frequently, that most Internet, uh, you know, like your, your Gmails and your, your, your Apple hot, Mails hot and Hotmails, they provide two-step authentication. And if you lose um, your password or forget your password or your account's been hacked, then you, you want to be able to have the ability to text your account mm-hmm. Uh, a pin so that you can get access to your account, hopefully exactly. before the other person changes all that other security information. <laughs> so if you haven't done it in the last six months into you, or a year, go back into the security settings of your mail account and see if you can, you know, and, and just check your security settings. Dan, I know this is hopping around a little bit kind of wildly, but you're very much involved in um, the security world now um, as a chief strategist and uh, security officer at Security Mentor. Um, what are... Have we seen a shift in um, the tactics of the bad guys recently? It, it, I don't seem to be getting as much in terms of, of phishing kind of emails coming through. Uh, no. yeah. Has it shifted in, in other directions? Well, I think there's a, a number of things going on at once, and I think the number, kind of the hottest trend out there right now would be ransomware, as I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of, of companies are really being hit, um, hospitals, businesses, small businesses, medium and large. Um, 
there are, you know, fishing is still big out there. Um, there's something actually happening now called whaling, believe it or not. They're big going after the big fish, which is very targeted, um, going oh, yeah. after those key people and companies, or if you have your own company, your own business, um, trying to get you to believe, trust them, and then maybe do a fund transfer. It doesn't always include a fishing link. It may just be they, they try and set themselves up as a, as a supplier or some kind of way oh, yeah, yeah. to get to get you to to take some action, obviously, that's going to make them money. So. I, yeah, I've heard about that. It's kind of a confidence game where right. this is at, like at the C, CEO level. It's like yep. the cyber version of the good old boy system. Yep. <laughs> You're right. And, and here you got a, a major supplier who's suddenly saying, I need X. And uh, because the name is there and it's the major supplier, the, the CEO might be fooled into thinking that this That's is That's interesting. Thing. I have not heard of that trend. It's called whaling, right? Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's very popular. And, and it's, you know, they use it. Well, I'll give you one quick te- technique that's used in that is like they'll, they'll, they really do in-depth research to learn yep. um, about, you know, what people do. Maybe even get your Gmail account. Maybe send somebody a Gmail. Um, they get the actual takeover the account of like a CEO or some CEO wow. or high-level executive. Yep. And send you an email and say, hey, I'm fishing today. Maybe they really are fishing. You know, they've uh. really done that much research. <laughs> and uh, I can't I can't make this fun transfer. I'll do all of I got to run right now, but thank you so much for helping. Thanks. Thank you for joining us here on a steamy Saturday afternoon. Ed Verdell and Foster Brown in studio. And uh, we have with us, of course, online, Dan Lorman, who, well, the person who took care of uh, cybersecurity for us and technology in general for the state of Michigan for many, many years. But he's also now... Chief Strategist and Chief Security Officer at Security Mentor Incorporated. He is also somebody who uh, collaborates on a on a monthly basis with Mike Brennan, who is the editor of MI Tech News. So let me greet uh, Dan Lorman again. Dan, thanks for sticking around with us. Thank you. And Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Foster. I just saw Dan on Friday. We had a good time down there at Kobo. So, tell us what happened on Friday down there because I want to uh, get the get the scoop on what all went on. And that special well, of course, Dan led one of the panels uh, on cybersecurity, but I mean, the whole conference was Tom Billington. Uh, first time he's done it in Detroit. I know uh, uh, Dan knows him much better than I, but he introduced us and everything. But, but the, the real key was having Mary Barra, the CEO of GM, come on there in the morning keynote and telling everybody, hey, we got to work together on cybersecurity standards. Uh, this is really, very important for a whole myriad of reasons. The autonomous car, the driverless car, mm-hmm. privacy, all that. And uh, when you got the with the CEO of GM telling the world auto community, we got to do this, I think everybody's actually listening. Okay, what struck me as interesting about that, Mike, was uh, that this is the opposite of what happened with the technologies for connecting electronics in cars. There was a whole bunch of different ones. You know, Chrysler had their own proprietary Uconnect, I think it was, and uh, Ford had their Sync Now. In other words, there was a, just a whole bunch of different technologies out there for connecting electronically or wirelessly. Oh, or wirelessly, with, your mobile wirelessly devices. With vehicles. Yes, right, yes. exactly. And uh, Dan, you with us now? Yeah, I'm with you. Thanks. Oh. Yeah, we were. Mike was just talking about Mario Berra uh, from GM. Uh, you know, kind of putting the, the the challenge out to the car makers. Hey, let's all get together on some standards for security. And I was just saying how different that is from the old path where each company was developing its own wireless technology, whether it was MySync for Ford or whether it was UConnect for for Chrysler. We can't play around here. 
No, that's right, and it, it really was a, a whole shift in the, in the thinking um, yesterday when they talked through that you know security was not going to be an area they were going to compete, that they were really going to cooperate and work together, and um, that was, I agree, that, that's really a, a shift in the industry. Do you, Mike, do you think that the, uh, this is something that, that really was taken seriously by the other people, or was this kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, and then we're going to... No, con- judging from the caliber of folks that were there. Now, Dan was at the reception Thursday night, and actually I talked to Dan before everything began, and he said it was like a who's who of the of the chief information security officer types from all the auto Good. industry, you know, the the makers, the tier ones. Is that, you were at that reception, right, Dan? That's correct, and they, and they just all come from what they call an auto um, ISAC, Information Sharing Analysis Center meeting, where all the different CISOs and leaders, both from Washington, the auto industry, the, the uh, OEMs, the Tier 1 suppliers, all on how they share information, and they actually put out a best practices guide that's getting a lot of press um, on like what should the, should the goals be for cybersecurity for the auto industry, really kind of setting the bar out five, ten years, some pre- high um, goals that they have. What are some of the key things, maybe if you can even make a, a couple of key things that need to happen that this will go through, that this will really happen? Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things I was on the panel, Mike mentioned, was the bug bounty. You know, really the idea oh, yeah. of um, um, disclosure of, um, uh, of, of, of bugs, if you will, and a bug mm-hmm. bounty program or crowdsourcing of bugs. And I think this is a new concept that Chrysler announced um, a couple weeks ago, their yeah. program, uh, GM has a program with HackerOne, um, uh, Chrysler's, uh, FCA, Chrysler's using uh, Bug Crowd and, and talking about, you know, the idea that the hackers, we know the bad guys are out there trying to hack cars. This is bringing the good guys in, the white hat hackers, to help identify those vulnerabilities. Yeah. And, and really, um, I think that was a big discussion, a very positive um, trend that, that, you know, it's been out there in the software industry for years, but now it's in the auto industry. Well, and, and, and it really has to, because if you think about it, we're heading towards autonomous vehicles, and when you have autonomous vehicles, you have a pretty hefty um, processing power in that vehicle, mm. and that needs to be protected. Absolutely. Well, the new Chevy Volt, Mary Barr was saying, has 100 million lines of code in it, the, the, the wow. one that's coming out this fall. 100 million lines of code. Incredible. And she said that within a few years, we're going to be up to 200 million lines of code. So, I mean, the old Bill Gates analogy of the car being a computer on four wheels, well, it's here, folks. Yep. And one of the things that she really was in, it's in that report that Dan makes reference to, is you've got to design it in at the beginning, not mm-hmm. add it on later on as you add more and more gadgets. Right. It's and, a whole different way of thinking. Yeah, and, and you need to have standards when you design it in, and that's what that was about. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Excellent. Very, Excellent. Very important meeting. I think this, was, uh, this is going to change a lot of things, and, and that's good, right? Because everyone's getting a little worried about uh, the G-Packs and different things like that. That's only the beginning. It is. We're just at the beginning. And that's why it's so important if we can get it right at the beginning to make some really solid steps and, and build that into the whole process from the ground up. We're light years ahead. Dan Lorman, again, thank you for being with us. And thanks for sharing this insight from that meeting yesterday as well. Thank you for having me. All right. It's good to have you with us. Mike, let's continue on for just a moment. Mike, by the way, as we told you, is the editor of MI Tech News. And uh, you can get the subscription to that absolutely free. You get the kind of insights that Mike has been sharing today. And also news stories like, um, and I... For the folks who are out in the western side of our state, this has got to be good news. Mason County is offering startups out there $50,000 in funding if they base their startup in Mason County, which is 
basically around Ludington, right? Yeah, it's the Ludington area. The county itself is a little under 30,000 population, so it's kind of hard to woo the uh, millennials up there. So, uh, oh, but it's a beautiful you know, place. Oh, it, Yeah, if you, if you like the, the nature, it's the place to be. But if you like a lot of uh, downtown action and fun, I'm not so <laughs> sure about that part. But anyway, yeah, $50,000. Uh, you have to apply by July 31st, and all the details are at my website. Uh, but that is the fine print, is if you have an idea, you have to start it there, or if you have a current business that has $100,000 or less in annual revenues, you have to move it to Mason County. So, yep. you know, if they're going to give you the dough, they want you to develop it right there. I love it. Bum, and this, folks, is an example of some of the wide breadth of the kind of stories that you'll find on MI Tech News. And the way that you can subscribe to that is simply by going to MITechnews.com, put your email address in there, and it doesn't cost you a penny. Or you can go to Internet Advisor. Net, scroll down the page and look for Mike's smiling face, and then there's a subscribe button right there. Click on that and do the same thing. Put your email address in there. Maybe one more headline in here. I, I found this really interesting. This is uh, Samsung and LG have been found guilty of dumping clothes washers in the U.S. Yeah, they got found guilty of that a couple of years ago, and essentially, instead of sending them in from Korea, they, they shifted production to China to try to get around this. But... Um, so Whirlpool was very upset about this Absolutely. because uh, they were undercutting their prices by a significant amount, mm-hmm. and now they're going to get slapped with cash deposits on at Samsung 111% more, and the LG washer is going to be 50% more, and they made it retroactive back 90 days so that they can't stockpile a bunch of them in the States. So they're for a change, the, uh, you know, the folks uh, in Washington have really come down hard and in, in, in a good thing, come down in one of our company's favorite locals based in Benton Harbor. I love it. It helps out the Michigan business as well as a, an American-made business. Mike, thanks so much for being with us. Mike Brennan, the editor of MI Tech News. Take care, Mike. Have a good week. Hey, thanks, Foster. All right, and uh, Dan Lorman again as well. Thank you very much for being with us. All right, folks, a quick break right now, and then we're going to be back. I want to thank uh, Mike Stetz, who's been here, our engineer, and Logan Stanford. Thank you very much for helping us out, and uh, we're going to be back with your questions. That's right. The next hour is entirely dedicated to you and the questions you have about your computer. Don't forget that next, uh, the July 29th, Windows 10 stops being free. If you want to have some questions about that, we'll answer them as best we can. 800-859-0957. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now, let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome to hour number two of the Internet Advisor, and that is your hour. What does that mean? It means that there's a toll-free number here you can call at any time this next hour, 800-859-0957, and it's like a free visit to your local computer shop. Ed Rudell and myself, Foster Brown, we are here to help answer the questions that you have about your computer. But we can't answer them unless you give us the call to 800-859-0957. 
Welcome to our vacation edition of the Internet Advisor. Gary Baker is off sailing on the bounding main up on the uh, north channel of uh, uh, Lake Huron and enjoying himself. I'm, I'm sure he's on the in, Canadian side, yeah. On the Canadian side, enjoying himself thoroughly. But Ed Rodell is here in studio to help answer your questions, and so am I, Foster Brown. Uh, Bob, Rusty, Dan, and Kelly will be with you shortly in just a moment. First of all, a very, very important announcement. Which is, was that the Windows we only have six days left? Yes. Or is that that Star Trek is out oh. today? <laughs> <laughs> Which was released at the Comic-Con. That's right. That's right. For all you, can you all, can you make that little sign? Yeah. 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 So this is the third installment of like the redo of uh, Star Trek on a, yeah. like a divergent uh, alternate uh, reality, a slightly different timeline. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to going with it, to it. My daughter and I are going to go tomorrow. She's a geek. Uh, I'm a geek and, you know. I, my grandsons and I are going to line up a date to see that. Yeah. Definitely. Very definitely. Enjoy the air conditioning as well. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Let's pick the hottest part of the day. We'll get some popcorn, get some good soda, and we'll, we'll go to the movies, honey. Right. Uh, the other thing that's happening, however, as you mentioned, Ed, is that Windows 10, the free update, yes. is ending on the 29th of July, which is going to be this coming... I think it's a Friday, isn't it? I think it's a Friday, yeah. Let me look at this. That's um, Today's the 23rd, so yeah. Yeah, Friday. On Friday, it will be over. And all of me, you can still, of course, download and install Windows 10, but it's going to cost you like 120 bucks. Right. And well, you know what I'd like to see is if everyone's nagging messages will go away. You know, I wonder. Yeah. yeah, if Microsoft's going to say, "Okay, too late, we're going to remove that awful message," or if they're just going to change it and say, "For one hundred and twenty dollars, you too can upgrade to Windows 10. Well, I just hope they get rid of that message. I hope they do too. That's pretty- I had a lot of questions this week from people about Windows 10. Is it too late? You know, they had trouble downloading it. Okay. So what I was recommending is that they just go to the Microsoft.com forward slash Windows. They can download the entire thing in one swoop in like forty-five minutes an hour, and then okay. just run the setup. That way. Go to Microsoft.com dot com. with uh, forward slash Windows. Forward slash Windows, and you can download it from there. All right, we have some people out there with uh, some Windows 10 questions. This is a great day for you to start asking that kind of thing. Oh, uh, I don't have my Windows 10 laptop with me. <gasps> Sorry. All right. But well, that's okay. I'll, have to, I'll, I'll just do what I usually do and just make it up as I go. <laughs> okay, let's go out to Bob and West Bloomfield. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. I see you starting us off with a question about Windows 10. Yep, and it's a download issue. Okay. Um, I've done it six times now. Oh. And um, the last time it ran all night, the following morning the screen says 99% complete. Right. And it's stuck there. And it's been there for four days now. No, yeah. that's the download was doing that? Or the actual, yeah. inst- or the setup? The download. Well, it says getting your upgrade ready. That's what the screen says. Uh-huh. Oh, so it may be that the download is what's messing hung up. up. Have you tried to go to the Microsoft site and just download yeah. the full, the whole installation? Really, and it's stuck. Yeah. Uh, you know, I haven't tried it in like three weeks, um, and I'm wondering if they're just being a little overwhelmed. Um, hmm. I tried it in off times, like on a uh, Thursday night at 1 o'clock in the morning to start it. Okay. So is, is it still the same that when you go to their site, Microsoft asks, which version do you want, the 32-bit or the 64? Do you want the ultimate, or do you just want to download the entire package? I believe that was the scenario. Yeah, I believe that was correct. This last time, I did it through their icon. I ended up with an icon somehow. Yep. I didn't install it, but on mm-hmm. my desktop, I've got a Windows 10 upgrade icon. 
Right. Hmm. But you're still assistant. That's what it says. Right. And I clicked on that, Mm -hmm. and it brings up a screen, and it says, you know, go ahead and download it, basically. And I clicked on that, and it ran all night. And like I say, it's right now at this moment. I'm reading the screen. It says it's 99 percent complete. And it's been there for four days. Have you tried the the um, create the USB media version of this instead of downloading the entire thing? um, When you I, I believe I had difficulty doing this. So what I did is I had a, an old four gigabyte USB flash drive mm-hmm. that I wasn't using. So mm-hmm. I used Microsoft. I stepped through and said, I'd like to make the USB media for the installation. Okay. That was, I thought about it, but I haven't done that. Yeah. I, one more footnote. Mm-hmm. I can't get rid of this screen. So you can't even shut down? No. Control, I mean, I, delete. The, the X is just a gray X. And when I click on the gray X, it turns red, but it won't close. What about Control-Alt-Delete? See, I'm not sure about this. What about Control-Alt-Delete? Well, I don't know that I tried that, but let me... Uh, because basically, if you were to shut your your computer down at any point, Microsoft would basically, when your computer came up, if it was in the middle of an upgrade of installing Windows, it'll say, we've detected a problem. We're reverting your computer back to its original operating system. Because oh, so it, I probably I haven't shut it off because I was hoping that since it was ninety nine percent, it might go I, that one more. Percent. I agree. So what I don't know I is you. if you're seeing you. a download screen, or if your computer is actually in the process of upgrading. I don't know. You yeah, know. I, I you know, like I say, we're we're down to the last six days, and I'm getting concerned at this point. I hear you. I hear you. So yeah. uh, what happens when if you're sitting in front of it? What happens when you try Control Alt Delete? Because Microsoft disables it if it's actually during doing a setup of or installation of Windows. It actually disables Control-Alt-Delete. Okay, it but says if you just, that uh, Windows 10 Upgrade Assistant is running. Click on End Task. Oh, yeah. it got rid of that screen. Yeah. I'd shut down Restart. Make sure you do a scan disk or check your disk for disk errors. Try that USB media installation as well. Okay, Bob. Another screen just popped up. End program, Windows 10 upgrade assistant. Program's oh. not responding. Okay. Yep. Hold on. We're going to go to a commercial. Hang on. Break. We're going to put you on hold and uh, see if we can help you on the break as well, okay? Just hang on a second, all right? Back with your questions at 800 859 Thank you so much to our crew behind the glass that make the program work. Mike Stutz, thank you so much, sir, is our engineer and <laughs> the angel of death, <laughs> Logan Standifer. <laughs> teasing her. Poor She's Logan. Had, poor Logan has had terrible luck with her cars. The last one went up and sl- she had a barbecue on the side of the road. <laughs> An unintended barbecue. Oh, dear. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Grandpas do that kind of thing. All right. Our number here is 800-859-0957. Honey, it's not because it hasn't happened to me as well in various ways. 800-859-0957. You know, Ed, we're finding and that people are getting kind of nervous now because there's only six days in so many hours left that you can get the free uh, you version. Know, version of Windows 10. And, and Bob brought up the good question. He says, well, once I download it, I'm good. You know, I, I don't have to install. I said, yes, you do. You actually have to have it installed. Okay. And and then uh, it'll register itself, basically, yep. Yep. Um, automatically after, um, usually within the first day. Yep. But it is important to download. And and what may be happening, folks, is that because we're so close, that there is going to be a, inevitably a rush of people on the servers may get hit kind of hard. And that may be what some people are experiencing. Okay, let's go out to uh, Kelly in Sterling Heights. Kelly, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you? Hi, how are you today? Good, Kelly. What's up? Okay. Um, the other day, uh, my roommate 
was on our computer at home, mm-hmm. and she was on Google Chrome looking up some stuff on eBay. Mm-hmm. And then she clicked on Facebook, mm-hmm. and she immediately got a screen that came up that said, your, your computer's been um, hit with a virus. Call oh. this 800 number oh. to call Microsoft Direct. No, 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 no. Yeah, okay, so what that yeah, is... That, well, that, yeah, well, she that, did. Yeah, that, <laughs> so that's scareware. Yeah, she called them up, and they said that um, she'd been hit with the virus and that her McAvee isn't working now <sighs> and that they were from Microsoft, and they had access to the computer. They were actually... You could see them on the computer doing <sighs> stuff oy, oy, oy. and said that she needed to give them a credit card number to buy a uh, protection plan from Microsoft oh, no. cost for $69. Oh, no. Actually, that's she pretty was, cheap, but, yeah, it, but it's, yeah, well, it's completely she phony. Was, they, originally, they originally wanted more money, but she said she couldn't afford to do that. So they dropped it down to $69. Well, she ended up giving them two credit card numbers that they said were declined. So she gave them a third credit card number, and that went through. And then they said that that was all taken care of and everything. And then the screen disappeared. So she thought everything was fine, continued on the computer. Fifteen minutes later, it popped back up again. Yep. So she called again. Yeah, okay. Uh And now they're telling her that... She had to pay by another program, so she started arguing with them, and then they hung up, and she immediately, right after that, got a phone call from, because we have an alert on one of our credit cards, they called, the credit card company called and said, do you, do you have this activity going? And they, she said no. Uh-oh. So they immediately canceled it, but ever since then, the computer's just not working right. Yeah, yeah. And we don't know if they're still on it. I hear you, yeah. Or well, what all they could have gotten access to, like banking information, credit card information. Well, it's not, go ahead. It, it depends whether or not she uses her computers to pay your bills. You know, if um, she doesn't... No, but I go online to check my banking information. Yeah, then, well, they have access to that. I mean, they potentially... Yeah. Well, it's encrypted. So whenever you establish a session with a web browser between your PC and um, a, a remote website, it's the information is secured and encrypted, and they really can't get access to that. They can't see the data that you had on there before. But now that that infection is on there or something's on there, if you were to use your computer now, it's possible that they could capture that information. Yeah. Kelly, so, you have... So I would not use the computer yeah. for any transactions yeah. unless you... And now have you... I would recommend... Um, how long ago was this? Two days ago. Really? So what... Is it running Windows 7? Uh, it's Windows 8. You should be able to use in Windows 8 the... Uh, my, uh, Windows, the system restore. Yeah. So you can restore your computer back to, say, a week ago. It may be disabled, though. Okay, because we weren't sure if we needed to take unplug it all and take it into, like, Best Buy or Sam's Club well, or if the problem, like that. Or, well, you, if you take it there, they're going to charge you $129. Yeah, you'll, you'll okay. get, yeah. <laughs> I, really, I really don't like having to unplug all the... Yeah. So here's what you do. Here's what you do. You you in Windows Seven, I believe you can type in. I think it's called System Recovery or System Restore yeah. in Windows Eight and Windows okay. Ten, 
and I don't have a Windows 8, in fr- and I wish I had this memorized, but my old brain just doesn't work like it used to. Because yeah, I still call it system restore. System re- yeah, we can do where you go back a couple, you know, yes. take a date and go back to that date. Yeah, yeah. go back yeah. to that date. And then afterwards, then you download a utility called Malware Bytes. That's M-A-L-B-Y-T-E-S. And and it's malwarebytes.org. They make a free okay. scanner that you can download, install, and run for free. Okay. Okay. And it'll probably, if there's any remnants of this virus after you did the system restore, it should find it and remove them. Kelly, uh, what you have given us an example of, and we're gonna we're gonna just lower your your phone for just a second because I think we need folks. Are you hearing this? That if you give in and you pay the ransom, remember what Dan Lorman was talking about ransomware before? That's essentially what was going on. Even if you pay the ransom. These scoundrels will be back in 15 minutes. Yeah, because they really don't do anything. The program just basically will flash an alert every 15 minutes, and and you're off the phone with them, and then it comes back up, and then they want to extort more money out of you. Exactly. They're they're simply extortionists, and they're going to keep on doing it. So please, folks, when you never, ever, Microsoft will never give you a call. No, no. They, you know. and, and so my heart goes out to Kelly and her friend yep. that this happened. I, I guess I would be a little more radical. I would unplug that sucker from the internet, period, and I would go back to reformat that pumpy back to factory. And, and, you know, like if you have pictures on there or documents, get them off on, yep. on, on, you know, on a hard drive or on a, on a, uh, a DVD. You know, get right. them out of there. And then after that, simply go back to the factory. Well, and with Windows 8, you have that ability. Yep. But what I would try first is the less, less radical. Yes. Try yes. this. See if that message pops up. If it's popping up as frequently as they say, mm-hmm. you know, go back, do a system restore to your computer to seven days, yep. and then download Malwarebytes and install it, um, and then run it and scan it, and then you're clear. Windows to 8 also comes with good antivirus, but the, the it's good to try Malwarebytes. Yeah. Just to, yeah. you know, see if it'll root out anything additional. And when it's done, if you really like Malwarebytes, you can pay the $25 a year. And that's a good investment. Secure, and that's a good investment. Excellent or investment. go back and uninstall it. So, Kelly, um, I think, you know, in, in terms of your bank, um, in terms of your bank, Be Kelly, safe. I think you need to, you know, make sure you deal with your bank directly about that credit card, okay? Okay. They, All right. They Thank should you so not much. have done it. Yeah, Kelly, I hope we give you a little bit of help here. Thanks for giving us a call. Unfortunately, you have been a good example of a bad thing that happens to people, and I hope we get it straightened out for you, okay? All right, right. And the other thing is also that original $69 that they paid, if if she hasn't done so, you can call the bank and have them dispute that charge and refuse payment. Absolutely, absolutely. Although the bank initiated the call and that may have taken place... Because of the suspicious activity, make sure they take care of that. And I would, I wouldn't be surprised if the suspicious activity was they started using that credit card number to make other purchases. Oh, I'm sure. You know, in, in other words, these are scoundrels. These are thieves. <clears throat> makes me add, but I think that's because everyone in the U.S. is rich, right? <laughs> I don't know where it came from, Estonia or Latvia or Russia or China. I don't know where it came from, but boy, it makes me. Or the U.S. It could be U.S. Could be U.S. as well. 800-859-0957 is the number to call Rusty and Ron and Dan. We're going to get to you 
shortly. We're getting close to a break, and I don't want to get somebody on right now, but, uh, I mean, to get them in the middle of uh, just explaining a problem to us and have to have them uh, go on hold. So hang on, folks. We'll get to you right after we get to the are break. Are we going to go back and talk about Star Trek again? <laughs> no, the fact that oh. we are coming up on this coming Friday, and for some of you who are our affiliates, this will already have passed by, but uh, so I'm, uh, it's a little hard to, to deal with right now, and in that sense that... You will have come to the place where there's no longer a free download of the upgrade to Windows. And you know, a lot of people will be happy because they like the Windows 7 or the yes, Windows Vista. That's true. And I bet you a lot of people that had Vista were wishing they could get Windows 10 for free. But a lot of Windows 7 people love that. If I was if that's I was true. running Windows 7, I'd probably keep it at Windows 7. Yeah. Windows 8, definitely upgrade to Windows 10. Oh, it's yes, so Lord, much yes. improvement. And um you know, but uh, some people do it for other reasons. They just don't like change. Like my wife, she was running Windows 7, did not want it, pushed the wrong button, and, and for three days I heard about it. <laughs> she was blaming me, not Microsoft, that Windows 10 installed. You get that too, huh? Yes. Jenny does it's the my same fault. thing to me. It's my fault. It's my You're fault. the internet advisor. <laughs> no, I, said, I say Gary Baker's the internet advisor. You call him. <laughs> That's the way to handle it. <laughs> okay, our phone number, 800-859-0957. We promise not to continue pack, passing the buck this much. <laughs> and we'll be back to talk with Rusty from Berkeley uh, and uh, about uh, their problem. Again, that number, 800-859-0957. And don't forget that on July 29th, the free upgrades will stop. And uh, that you can still get it, but it's going to cost you like 120 $20. So again, the number is 800-859-0957. And we'll be coming back in just a little bit. A lot of the questions, Ed, that we got um, from listeners were about Windows, you know, installing Windows 10. People were having problems. What were they having problems? Mainly with the downloads or the installs? Oh, we had people that said it was downloading for the last several days, like our first caller, Bob, was, was basically saying that. But uh, it was just uh, it t- several days and it wasn't downloading. But for every person, I, I, I told them to use the USB media creation tool, and that seemed to work better. Okay. The USB creation tool seems to be a way of getting around oh, some of this. It's just not USB. You can also create a DVD as That's well. That's right. And a DVD as well. Okay. Back with our listeners in just a moment. We're going to take a short break. Ed Rudell and Foster Brown here helping you folks hopefully get your copy of Windows 10 downloaded securely and installed and uh, Start enjoying this brand new version and the last one, the new, the last complete version of Microsoft Windows. Well, welcome to the uh, well, the final hour almost before we get to uh, Windows 10 starting to cost us some money. I had the final hour? Yeah, I guess it is the final countdown. Yeah, it's the final countdown. And uh, that's why we're working like mad today to see if we can help people with their questions that they have where they're downloading Windows 10 and trying to install it. We'll see if we can help you. Okay, 800-859-0957, although I have to say that now our lines are full. Okay, let's go to Dan in Troy. Welcome, Dan, to the Internet Advisor. How may we help you with your Windows 10 question? Well, it's uh, the question is this. I have a kind of an old uh, old laptop. It's uh, I think it's a T4200 uh, Pentium 2 gigahertz chip. It's like I say, it's pretty old, and like a lot of other people, I've uh, put this off till the end. But I'm just debating whether I even want to do it. You know, whether yeah. I want to upgrade to Windows 10, mm-hmm. or and I, I'm I'm not a power user at all. But I uh, I'm just curious whether uh, staying on Windows 7 is any kind of uh, real disadvantage in terms of uh, ongoing support. The uh, the messages I get from uh, 
Microsoft say that it's compatible. They do the check. I've got, I think I've got three gigabytes memory. It is a 32-bit operating system. Mm-hmm. As I say, it's a, it's kind of old. And I'm just wondering if, if Windows 10 isn't really even going to do much for me for an older system like that. Or, well, what, or what is the operating would. system right now? I'm sorry. I, I'm not familiar with the T4210. Well, oh, it's the, the, that's just that's the chip, the the chip that's in the computer. Okay, it's a it's a Pentium dual core, I think. Mm-hmm. T forty two hundred two two gigahertz. They, I'm running Windows seven. I think okay. when I bought the original laptop, it was on something else. I don't know whether it was Vista, and I upgraded it. I bought it when Windows seven was coming out. Yeah, and right. so I upgraded mm-hmm. to Windows seven, and I've been on there since then. Oh, okay, now, okay, okay, okay. Well, you know, I'm debating on whether I should upgrade to Windows 10 or well, not. Well, you, you, you could have done is run installed Windows 10 and then tried it for 30 days for free. And if you liked it, you could have kept it. And if you didn't like it, you could have uninstalled Windows 10 and you would have been back right where you left off. However. Well, and you can still do that up for the next seven days. And I just don't know if, yeah, I don't know if that's a powerful enough chip. I mean, three gigabytes, the maximum you can get in there. And it's probably... Um, um, you said you were running an existing a 32-bit operating system. I, I don't think so. He, he checked is it out it, with. He said he checked it out with Microsoft, and Microsoft. Well, they said, said it, was, it will run, but yeah. You, yeah, but I wouldn't run anything wouldn't other run. than a 64-bit operating system. Oh, I got right. You. My, Microsoft says the requirement uh, for is a one gigahertz faster chip and one gigabit one gigabyte for a 32-bit system. Right, right. It's basically the same requirements as Windows 7. It really hasn't changed. Yeah, much. that's right. Yeah. So, um, and that's the nice thing about Windows 10 is that it's not more demanding in many ways than right. Windows 7 was. Uh, yeah, I'm running a computer that's three years older than yours, and, and, and it's kind of sluggish on running Windows 10. It mm-hmm. came with Windows 8, and it's kind of sluggish. And I'm running 64-bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Dan, it, what do you, what what do you use? What ongoing support, though, for Windows mm-hmm. 7? How long do you think Windows 7 will be supported? 20... I, I thought it was 2021, but I don't know. I, I can't remember the date. Well, what kind of support are you looking for, essentially? I mean, you've got an old computer. What do you use it for? I don't use it for a whole lot. I use it, you know, for banking and, and email. I'm not a power user at all. It's just it's a uh, it's there when I need to get on yeah. the internet, but it's 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 not anything heavy duty, really. See, I don't. I don't. When you say support, I don't know what support you would ex- would need really to be very honest well, with you. Well, just updates, you know, just like it goes out of out of date, you know, they when they well, like when they stop supporting a operating system, yeah. you really can't. I mean, essentially, essentially, Dan, it's already gone out of. <laughs> out of date. And that's what Windows 10 is all about. But you can still continue operating with the operating system you have to do email and banking and some of those, if you will, lower level kind of uh, things. Right? Yeah. Uh, well, what, what's happening, though, it does update periodically. I have automatic update on it. And, you know, it does it, you know, periodically. So it is giving updates. So when you say it's not being supported, I'm not sure exactly what you what you mean by that. Well, it says mainstream support end date from Microsoft would be in uh, 2015. That just doesn't make sense for Windows no, no, 7. No, 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 no. And, but, um, but it's extended support. You know, they'll continue release security updates until 2020. No, that's the key. The, 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 the it's security, basically the security yeah. updates. Yeah, the security right, updates right. is one to one. Yeah, that that How yes. Are people, are people facing this though? Are a lot of people, or are a lot of people just going to Windows Ten because it is there and it's uh, you know? Well, Microsoft a lot of now more, a lot of people are going to Windows Ten uh, home users. There's a lot of stubborn people out there. Most corporations are still running Windows Seven. So well, that's a, that yeah, but that's enterprise. Yes, and that will always be the case with enterprise that they're going to be a, at least one system or two behind. Uh, mm-hmm. They're they're naturally cautious, and that's a good reason. For 
for that too. But Microsoft is hoping that after this coming Friday, July 29th, they'll have kind of solved some of that. And then the major update to Windows 10 is coming on um, August the 2nd. Right. And that's going to be the, like, and and I saw one reference to that is that's for enterprise, that will be like SP1, Service Pack 1, Hmm. um, for Windows 10. So... But in terms of yeah. your own your own uh, work, Dan, I, I mean, I think security updates will continue coming through until sometime. And I think yeah. your your machine is probably going to die. Your hard drive is going to probably go boop. Yeah, beforehand. Before and and I I just can't imagine using Windows 10 without a touchscreen. To tell you the truth, you can, and that's the beauty of Windows 10. Windows 8 it was difficult to use without a touchscreen. Mm-hmm. Windows 10 you can actually use a mouse or a touchscreen. I use both, but, yeah. and I use both. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, interchangeably with no problem. But yeah, there are some features and the applets that really just to perform better with a touchscreen. And you said you thought it would, it, if I did upgrade, you thought it would be sluggish, what, because it's a 32-bit operating system or just because of a lack of memory? I've got, like I say, three three gigabytes. Of well, you know, memory. give it a try. I, I, you know, it's hard to say. Yeah. And, and who's the manufacturer of your computer? It's an HP Yeah, You shouldn't have a problem. I, I know I'm running into problems with Sony because they, they've, they've quit... Um, they, they, they quit support of almost all their product lines, all laptops. So you have a difficult time. So you shouldn't have a problem. Go to HP's website and see if they provide Windows 10 for your laptop, and that would be your decision. But you could try it for free for the next 30 days. Download it, install it. And and I haven't seen a Windows 10 system actually go bad where it destroyed anyone's data. Mm-hmm. You did ha- If it failed to install, it reverted you back. But if it installed, you had the ability to, um, within 30 days, to restore all your operating system back. Because after 30 days, Microsoft actually deletes your old operating system. Wow. So, oh, okay. I see. All right, Dan, when, you hey, do this, when you do this download, do you get a new version of uh, Internet Explorer if that's what you're using? Well, yeah, you'll get the, yes, the you integrated get, version. you get the Edge. edge. Yeah. Yep, but they do have Internet Explorer 11 or 12. Yeah, 11. 11 uh, yeah, is my, in there. Yep, Jenny has you, that. Uh, my, my wife has that with, with Windows 10. When and you, you can always it. use Google Chrome or Firefox and download mm-hmm. that. But Microsoft integrated a new web browser called Edge. Okay, Dan, hey, thanks a million for giving us a call. I'm going to move on because there's a lot of people here who want to get some answers to their questions, and we'll do our best to do that. Loretta from Shelby, thank you so much for being here on the Internet Advisor. How can we help you? Well, I just wanted to give that uh, last lady a, a hint Okay. on how to, and everyone else, how to, how to just get rid of the hackers. Oh, Kelly, yeah, you want to give Kelly? Okay, good. What is it? Yeah. Well, I started doing this. Now, I use my three-year-old uh, Hewlett-Packard, and I have Windows 10, never a problem with it. Good. And what I started doing, because I had my identification stolen Ooh. five years ago, and they did their best, you know, yep. and I, I I came out on top. Good for you. Okay, so then anyway, now, your suggestions? If, you get, if anyone gets a phone call mm-hmm. and they say, you know, that they're... Uh, the Microsoft Windows, or whoever, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any, any, from any computer company okay i tell them what i do i said that you know this this one called me just about two weeks ago mm-hmm. and he said this is uh oh what is this? microsoft yes somebody from microsoft okay yeah he said this is microsoft and i thought hmm that's odd you know because i've never gotten a call from microsoft before. and by the way they do not call you direct okay so right, what did I, you do loretta i'm dying i'm i'm on tender hooks here you're not going to believe this. It's too simple. Uh-huh. When I shut my computer off, I unplug the connection. Yeah, and? 
And that's no it. can call me and say they're on my computer because that's what the guy told me. Oh, 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 I got you. So you you pulled the you pulled the plug on the internet, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they are, and they were claiming that they were on your computer right now, but you knew they were not. So yeah. you knew they were lying, basically. Yeah. Is what yeah. You're saying. Exactly. Good for you. Yeah. Good for and you. I told them. I said that's really odd. I said because. Uh, my computer isn't connected. <laughs> I love Slam. it. Slam. He slammed that phone down. <laughs> I love it. Any way you can put a burr under their saddle, good for you, Loretta. That's an excellent right. That's an excellent suggestion. Thank you so much for calling. Sometimes the simplest solutions like that one are the best solutions. Our number here is 800-859-0957. It just infuriates me that people keep on getting caught by this, Ed, where somebody will call up and say, I'm from, and you you name it, and, and maybe it's because an older generation is, is more trusting for that. Yeah, you know, that's you, true. And because I, I can't think of any of our millennials or twenty-somethings who would say, "Oh, really?" Right. <laughs> I mean, I would have a difficult time um, calling up someone and saying, "Hi, my name's Ed, and I'm from Microsoft." I just can't blatantly lie like that. No, some of these people, I, I was no. raised a certain way, no. but these people just do not have <clears throat> scruples. No, no, no. Yeah, they have because we're Americans, removed. and it's okay for them to do that to us. Oh dear. So because we're all rich. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. I forgot that. Yeah. 800-859-0957. Rusty and Bob will be back for you and for a couple more of you as well before we wrap up the show. Once again, I'd like to thank our crew behind the glass, Mike Stetz and Logan Standifer for helping us with the program here. And for all of you out there who have been calling us, again, a reminder for you that late on Sunday night, <laughs> it usually ends up being around midnight, um, I will have gotten our program edited and the podcast will be available along with the website and the show notes. And you can go to internetadvisor.net and download the podcast from there. What's a podcast? It's simply the recording of the program, minus the commercial matter, and you can get to hear then uh, the content. Uh, you might be, for instance, this second hour where we were answering people's questions about things like um, Windows 10. Or it might be the first hour when we were talking with Dan Lorman and we are talking about cybersecurity with him and uh, Mike Brennan. So... Uh, you'll be able to find that at internetadvisor.net. Look for this week's podcast, uh, 1629 will be the number of it. And you'll be able to uh, then download that as your leisure and also look at the program notes that are available there. Okay, let's go back out again, 800-859-0957. Rusty from Berkeley, how can we help you? Well, I'm not a maven like you guys on this computer thing. <laughs> I, I, I do know that if the IRS calls, do not send the money over the phone. Yeah, that's right. There you Outside go. Outside of that, I, I know it's important, this Windows 10 thing. Mm -hmm. So I have a list of questions for you. And I'll be, so besides the fact that it's free, mm -hmm. what good is it to me, the user? Well, what, what, what version of Windows are you running right now, and how old is your laptop? Um... I don't know. I don't know. 32-bit, 64-bit. I think it's two Oreo cookies and a glass of milk makes my computer work. <laughs> well, how long ago, how long ago did you... I understand. I got a rotary dial on my cell phone. <laughs> how long have you had your computer? Well, are you being nagged by Microsoft um, to, to install an upgrade for free? Do you... uh, no, but I got a note that said Google Chrome won't support... And I have the, the Vista Home Premium. Okay. So, oh, okay. Vista, okay, so you're not going to receive those notices from Microsoft. You're mm -hmm. not eligible for a free upgrade 
to Windows 10, so don't worry about it. And yep. your computer is probably won't run it very well anyways. Yep. So yep. you're good the way you are. Um, you might want to look at investing in a new computer at some point in the future or a tablet mm-hmm. if this does everything you, you need. But yeah. Windows 10 basically is just, it's for Windows 7 or Windows 8 or 8.1. Your computer's not eligible to install it for free. So, so what does it do? This it's Windows the, 10 thing. It's, it, it's the next version of Windows. It has mm-hmm. more security, if you will. It'll make it more secure, according to Microsoft. Mm-hmm. You know? So instead of roll-up windows, you got electric windows. <laughs> if you like that analogy, that's fine. Rusty, basically, if you're happy with the way that your computer is working for you right now, mm-hmm. uh, you don't really need to worry about it. Because okay. you really can't make the upgrade with the equipment that you have right now to Windows 10. Don't even, don't even yeah, worry about it. Yeah, I would back up your data because oh, you are yes. dealing with a computer that's probably 7 to 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if there's yeah. any data or photos on there, if you have a means of backing that up, I would perform that. Because computers do not last forever, and yours is approaching. I'm surprised the hard drive has been spinning. Yeah. driving. It's driving 100 miles an hour for the last 7 to 10 years, you know, yeah. so it's going to fail one of these days. Well, I do. Uh, I put the little stick in the USB thing twice a month. There you and go. Download everything onto that. Excellent. Oh, and I good. keep four generations back. So I, two months go by, I got four sticks. Oh, and then when I go to the fifth stick, I use stick number one again. You know. Congratulations, Rusty, Brilliant. because I just lost another USB stick, and it had unique data on there. Ooh. So not um, a, a USB That's sticks a very important. Is, yep. do not last forever. So Rusty's yep. picked up uh, or created a nice technique with four different sticks. And, and they're have, so cheap they nowadays are, are. that you can get them for you know fifteen twenty bucks. You can get a, a lot of storage. You get them on Amazon. You can get you know a package dozen, of them. Yeah, a dozen of them, and give them out like candy, like chitlets. No, Rusty, <laughs> you've done very well with what you have right now. You've acted very wisely in terms of you know uh, cycling those uh, USB sticks and not trusting one to be the uh, the eternal answer to your storage problem. So yeah. congratulations sure. to you on that, Rusty. No, you don't have to worry about Windows ten at all. Well, you know, I listen to you guys a lot, and mm-hmm. I did that um, malware bytes thing about a year ago. Good, and it found a bunch of crud in there. Yep, and I've been, you know, clicking at every once in a while, yep. and it cleans up some stuff. And there you go. I mean, I, I trade stocks on the internet. I do mm-hmm. the Facebook thing, okay. the, the email stuff. Uh, I even Skype friends that are out of town, and now I get phone calls from you know, from my friends. Excellent. Through through the computer. I love it. I love That's it. That's all I need. Yeah, it's excellent. And if it's you know, here's a bottom line, Rusty, for you and everybody else out there. I think it was was it Dave that we talked with? You know, if it's working for you, if it ain't broke, uh, Dan, if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They say. Yeah. You know, if you're getting the use out of it that you want, marvelous. That's fine. Right now, you need to understand though that you will not be getting, for instance, security updates and things like that automatically to you. However, Dave uh, was it Dave? I was right. It was uh, Dan from Troy Dan, that has Dan an older laptop. Yeah, but he's on Windows Seven, so he will continue to get the automatic security updates until 2020 i think it is right. but so but it sounds like you're doing just fine and you're you're working with it well so congratulations all right okay, now i gotta do is help me with my bill <laughs> sorry <laughs> thanks rusty good talking to take you take care all right let's go to uh bob who's with us from sterling heights hi bob how you doing how are you good bob what can we help you with I uh, I got an invitation to upgrade. I have a laptop uh, with uh, Windows Seven. Okay. And uh, so I uh, 
I started the upgrade, and it, it checked the system out and said uh, everything was compatible and that I could upgrade. Mm-hmm. And uh, I uh, so I, I I went through the upgrade, and it it went it stopped at ninety nine percent. It oh. never said uh, restart your computer or anything. And one other thing, the laptop there's a red light blinking on the front. I I run the laptop on. Uh, I have been plugged in. I I think the battery's probably shot in it, but I figured, you know, I didn't want to. We don't we don't use it with a battery, so I right. just figured, you know, we could we could continue to use it just plugged in. Yeah, sure, I, sure. Mm-hmm. But, but, but I'm still... not sure what that red light is uh, blinking for. But it might have something to do with the battery. I can't seem to find what, out anything what, about that. What brand but, of computer do you have, Bob? It's a Dell. It's a Dell. Laptop. A Dell, and how old would it be? How old would it be about? Well, is it a Dell Inspiron, Dell? Dell Inspiron. Okay, Inspiron. Okay, and and so the red light, usually there's a symbol there, but it, unfortunately in the Dells, it's very difficult to see if it represents the hard drive, if it represents the battery, or the power. And uh, it's it's difficult to tell. I mean, I'd have to look at it if it's the first light or the second or the third. I think there are four lights. It's the third, third light on the right. Third it's light, the third, third uh, light. light on I mean, the right that's blinking. So that could be disk access, but I don't know if mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I think the disk access is the oh, first on the left. Yeah. You know, I don't know um, off the top of my head what that you is. You know what you might do is just go online and and Google for that or, or query for that. Uh, Dell Inspiron, third light blinking, what is it? You know, that kind well, of thing. It, let's see, light. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm doing it right now. But anyways, so why is it stopping at 99%? You're the second caller. Our first caller, Bob, had the same issue, and and I'm not sure what's happening on there. Um, what would it, you suspect, Ed? A corrupt uh, well, file? It, uh, yeah, cor- well, it could be a uh, disk file. I mean, uh, ch- maybe they have to do a check disk on there. Check your disk for errors, and then try running the setup again. How, how old is your computer, Bob? Uh, Bob, Bob, how uh, maybe five years. Five years old. Okay. Well, it might be a hard drive that's uh, beginning to, to peter out on you that that you're getting a warning on as well. Uh, we're going to put you on hold, Bob. Okay, so we can okay. explore this with you a little bit after we step off, and uh, I'll so hang on, okay. And and for the rest of you, if you have other questions about installation, open oh, that is the, and that is the uh, battery light. Okay, it's a battery light, then that's not having to do with your hard drive, which is good news. Yep. And it's what he suspected, which is what his battery was uh, his battery was giving him problems. Uh, Bob, we'll, we'll delve into this a little bit more with you. But for the rest of you, go to internetadvisor.net, and if you scroll down the page, you'll see at the bottom that there is a section that says comment. And you can put your question in there along with your email address and send that off to us. And Ed and I and Cal and Gary will take a look at that during the week, and we'll try to get back to you with some answers, okay? That's internetadvisor.net. And when you go to the bottom of that page where the comment section is, you can put the question right in there. All right. Have yourself a great week. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show, Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.